Good afternoon, hockey fans. Welcome to this week's episode of From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report. It is Tuesday, June 11th, and I'm your host, Amy Johnson, the lead correspondent here at the AHL Report, and I'm joined every week, of course, by the one and only, the editor-in-chief here at Rocket Sports Media, the president and founder of Rocket Sports Media, the very knowledgeable Mr. Rick Stevens. How are you today? Well, I'm doing just fine. I'm doing quite well after that <laughs> fine introduction. <laughs> and, uh, you know, coming down from from the, the, the Calder Cup action, the presentation of the Cup, the uh, Grand Prix weekend in, in uh, oh. Montreal, there was the, uh, the Q draft, um, so much going on. Did someone some other than Lewis Hamilton about. win the Grand Prix? <laughs> no, he can't. No, honestly, there was uh, there was there was there was a bit of a, a hope in that um, you know he didn't he didn't get the pole position uh, this year. Uh, uh Oh, Sebastian Vettel, but um, no, Lewis Hamilton again. It's yeah, Groundhog Day once mm. again. Mm. The Canadian Grand Prix, the Montreal Grand Prix. Uh, are you still um, trying to set records for for cold weather north of the border, or, or have we entered the realm of like almost summer? It's a cloudy, balmy, nineteen <laughs> degrees today. Okay. Um, you know, maybe a little hmm. chilly as you head over the brand new. Champlain Bridge on your way to Broussard. Ooh. A shiny uh, bridge. Wow. Half half of it's open. The rest of it will open soon. But it's only six months late. And when you say soon, you mean sometime yet yeah, to August, be determined. <laughs> uh, it's supposed to be the end of month 17th, I think. The other direction mm. is going to get going. Well... Uh, it's a beautiful day here in Pennsylvania, uh, mid-70s down here. It's uh, really looking fine here as we are well into the second week of the month. Um, two out of the three pro hockey championships that we're following have wrapped up. The Stanley Cup's about to be awarded tomorrow night, um, for sure. And we've got lots of hockey to talk about today. Um give you a quick rundown of what you can expect. We're going to talk. There's been shocker. There's been a couple of more AHL contracts signed by the Laval rocket. Hmm. Did you say AHL or ECHL? Or or I guess we'll get to that. Uh, Yes. (laughs) I'll just say yes. (laughs) I'm going to give you an, any kind of little bit of rumblings and updates uh, out of the flyers end of town uh, as Chuck Fletcher had a press conference regarding uh, negotiations with Kevin Hayes. We'll talk a little bit, a little bit about that uh, in segment two. Of course, we're going to go around the AHL and that means we're going to talk about who was it that won the Calder cup. There is a team who lifted that cup uh, just a couple of days ago. And was it the real about... cup? I I don't believe it was. <laughs> I haven't heard anything. Calder cup was, was the real, real one. But the, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, we're also going to talk a little bit about uh, yet another team that is uh, in the AHL and and looks to have their, their parent organization saying, you know what, we need to take a step back and, and refocus on organizational development. That, that phrase that we love to talk about that certain teams don't seem to understand how it works. Uh, we're going to talk about a, a team that's uh, some new management that's come in that's hoping uh, to, to adopt those kinds of policies, uh, as well as highlight uh, the amount of money uh, now that the AHL 2018-19 season has come to a close. We're going to talk about uh, how much money AHL teams around the league cumulatively donated to charitable organizations throughout the year, and it's a pretty-looking number. Uh, and then finally, in segment three, we're going to talk about who it was to lift the Kelly Cup, the ECHL championship and give you uh, everything you need to know about where to get all of the best information uh, regarding the draft. 
next, which is next weekend, if you can believe it. Uh, so we're going to give you some tips and, and tricks on where to find uh, great draft coverage from our Rocket Sports Media team. So, Rick, we've got, we've got uh, lots coming today, lots of hockey. Well, then we better get right to it. We should. No, um, no national day. Is it like the national day of cherry pie cheeseburgers? Uh, there is dessert. I'm not a cake person, uh, more of a oh, pie okay. person. Uh, so uh, it's National German Chocolate Cake Day. Um, oh, I don't like German chocolate cake. Yeah. Or it's German? National Corn on the Corn on the Cob Day, which seems a little bit early. Uh, in my I book. was just gonna say but, that's early. Like, yeah. Around here, the corn's just sprouting, so I'm not sure where you're getting your cobs from, folks. But and German chocolate cake has coconut in the frosting. It's like mm. a coconut caramel front, and not, yeah, not not good. All right, well, we're gonna pass on those two on those two yeah. national days this week. <laughs> <laughs> It's Bourbon National <laughs> Bourbon Day coming up. I think it's Friday, but uh, that might be oh, more you along your your interest. Oh, really? Hmm. National Bourbon Day. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. They don't really have well, bourbon in Canada. It's like rye whiskey, you know. It's a, bourbon is a different kind of thing, is it not? It is, yeah. It's made with a different... Um, I think bourbon is all corn, Whereas rye is mostly corn and other, and then some other things, something like that. We'll do a wine I know and Cana- fine spirits uh, podcast at some point. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> From what I understand, though, Canadian rye um, is smoother than than bourbon, um, but that's just well, of course. What a, what what I hear? Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rick, throughout this postseason, Mark Bergevin and Joel Bouchard have, have put together a number of signings already. Um, I mean, there's just there's signings all the time. But we've and we've just been bowled over by how blockbuster those signings have been. We keep referring to Kyle Dubas's um quote at the end of the Maple Leafs season when he talked about focusing on the goals of the organization and not making any fringe signings before those things happen. And it seems that the Canadians organization is doing just the opposite. Uh, We've got two more AHL one year two way contracts signed this week. So yes, to answer your question, these are AHL ECHL two way contracts. Um, but are they new guys? Are they guys who the scouts who have been out there watching and saying, oh, this is, yeah, this is what we need. This is what we need to change things up next year and make things happen. Mm. Well, it's, it, it's funny because, um, to hear Joel Bouchard, um, for most of the season, um, last season, you, you, he complained about his roster constantly, mm-hmm. uh, as if all of these players uh, were were loaded up in a bus and dumped off at his doorstep, and uh, <laughs> he had to then form them into a team. And he looked at us like, "Hey, what do you want me to do about it? Um, you know, I, this is what I have. I have it. It's what I have to work with." Um, and yet. Um, and, and, and of course that was a bit disingenuous because last year he selected the team and it's funny that if he was so upset with his roster last season, he's bringing them all back this season. Um, you know, if you've ever, 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 uh, been in a, an Armada team picture, you have a really good chance of playing (laughs) for the rocket. And uh, that seems to be Morgan Adams Moisan's only qualification because didn't look very good when he was in the rocket lineup last season. Um, And as, as, as I've said uh, uh, elsewhere uh, that uh, I can skate better than Morgan Adams Moisan. And, and uh, (laughs) uh, 
the broadcasting team at 91.9 has agreed with that. Um, I, 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 I honestly don't know, other than the fact that he played with the Armada, why uh, he's of interest. Joe Cox is a, a different kind of guy. He's an offensive guy, scored a lot um, in the ECHL um, with the uh, Florida Everblades uh, last season. Um, and and came up for uh, a nine game stint with the Rocket and and uh, and got a couple of goals during that time. So I, you know, uh, the these play the the interesting part is these players are going to need a place to play um, mm-hmm. if all of the talent that everybody keeps referring to arrives in in uh, Laval and displaces uh, these ECHL caliber caliber players they're going to need a um a place to play and still no announcement uh if there is one coming um with respect to an ECHL affiliate for the coming year for the Montreal Canadiens so it sounds like it's a lot of the same mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure what the strategy is there you know Adams Moisan we we lamented a lot of the times that he was on the ice uh, those 16 games he played for the Rocket uh, he he managed one goal and one assist and 26 penalty minutes in those mm. 16 games. Um, when he's when he was playing with the Maine Mariners in the ECHL, the 42 games that he played last year there recorded 98 penalty minutes um, in in those 42 games. Um, so. And, yeah, and they're I, not quality penalty minute. It's it's not a, like he's a, a serious enforcer or um, yeah, he's just behind the play a lot and and uh, yeah. and gets caught uh, uh, taking penalties. Well, yeah, <laughs> it's just and and as you say, uh, skating not his forte uh, whatsoever. Um, so. Not very excited about that. As you say, Joe Cox is a is a is a different kind of player. Uh, he was he, he produced a lot in the ECHLs uh, and in only nine games with Laval, had two goals and two assists. So, you know, it's possible that that he'll have a have a chance to be more uh, productive. But again, as you say, they need a place to play in the ECHL uh, as well. Uh, there is no affiliation there, and as we've talked about numerous times in the past. Guys like that on the AHL roster, um, if they're on the roster out of camp, are then displacing prospects uh, and and guys who need ice time to learn and develop and have time to make mistakes and learn from those mistakes and, and things of that nature. So two more signings that kind of leave you scratching your head. Like these are signings I think you could do at the end of the summer, not at the beginning of the summer. Um it's just a very curious strategy to me, but we shall see how that works out. Uh, in on the on the Philadelphia side of things, however, we mentioned last week, Rick, that a that a in a trade that you thought was uh, that you spoke very highly of, the Flyers acquiring Kevin Hayes from the Winnipeg Jets uh, in exchange for a fifth round pick at this year's draft. Um, so basically buying the Flyers the rights to start talking to Mr. Hayes a few weeks before he um, becomes an unrestricted free agent on July 1st. And so um, Chuck Fletcher sat down and had a, had a brief press conference um, recently um, in the last day or so, um, basically to talk about how discussions have gone so far. Um, and so he didn't give anything definitive, but basically had a had a positive outlook, saying you know that they've had good conversations, um, that that Kevin Hayes is very open-minded, um, you know, has a lot to has a lot to consider, um, but that there's been good communication between the Flyers and uh, Kevin Hayes's camp, and um, so. Who knows? I mean, Chuck Fletcher seems to think that, in fact, a quote from him from that press conference is, I think we have a lot to offer for him in Philly. So um, 
it'll really be interesting to see if if Hayes decides, yeah, well, I appreciate the offer, but I'm going to I'm going to test free agency or or if Philly becomes a a place that he says, you know what, I like what they're offering and maybe I'll give this a try. Yeah, uh, uh Fletcher um spoke um hopeful that he was hopeful. Mm-hmm. Um uh, as you said, thinks that the the organization has a lot to offer. Um but it's, you know, uh, he knew um, ahead of time going into this that by trading for him, um, it wasn't going to be a slam dunk. Um, Kevin Hayes is is a couple of weeks away from free agency. And and his hope is that, um, you know, the offers are going to come flooding in. Uh, so you understand why he's noncommittal at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and that that looks pretty good to him. But um, you know, over the next week or so, um, uh, Fletcher said, Chuck Fletcher said that, uh, they'll bring, uh, Kevin Hayes in, um, for a tour of, of Philly, uh, take him out to Voorhees, see the training, all the facilities, um, and, and try and, and, uh, uh, put their best foot forward as to why, uh, the Flyers, uh, should be that organization and, 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 um, you know, get it in his mind, uh, ahead of time before any other offers come in, uh, about why, um, the Flyers are, are, should be his, uh, first, first destination. Interestingly enough, in, in the, in the write-up that our, uh, our friend Bill Meltzer had, uh, on the Flyers NHL site, um, regarding this press conference that he does note that this isn't the first time that the Flyers have tried this tactic. They uh, acquired the negotiating rights to Mark Streit back on June 12, 2013 and signed him on June 28th that year, just two days before he went free agent um, in just 16 days. Um, And same thing with Ilya Brzgalov. In 2011, there was a 16-day process, uh, acquired his rights on June 7th, and finalized a deal 16 days later on June 23rd. So um, they've the, the 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 club has done this before. So we'll see we'll see if they're successful uh, successful yet again. Um, but they've they've tried their hand at this a few times. Um, should also mention uh, Flyers have not yet announced. Uh, dates for their development camp, but they have announced the date for their annual trial on the aisle, uh, which uh, Philadelphia Flyers fans will know is uh, kind of the culmination for development camp. It's when all of the prospects head down to Stone Harbor, New Jersey, to the beach on the Atlantic Ocean, and they do a a day of uh, activities and kind of physical training stuff down there on the beach and interact with fans. And so that will take place on Thursday, June 27th in Stone Harbor, New Jersey. That is this the date for this year's trial on the aisle. And we'll of course keep you posted as soon as, uh, as soon as we get information on uh, respective development camps. Uh, can you believe Rick? <laughs> we're going to start talking about development camps already because the draft is we're, almost here. We're back oh. into it. And, and interesting, you mentioned the draft. Um, that news conference um, uh, gave kind of a hint um, as far as the the, the new fl- Flyers brass. They're they're thinking about uh, or their approach when it comes to the draft. And and I think there's there was some question about how the draft was going to be approached. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I think that that uh, Ron Hextall got a lot of credit, des- deservedly so, um, uh, for the way he rebuilt the farm system, the way he took a patient kind of approach, a long-term view, and 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 built the um, the scouting um, aspect uh, to help with the draft. Uh, drafting was was very good. The the farm system was was rebuilt and. And uh, Chuck Fletcher seemed to say that would continue. And, and there haven't been, um, other than the, the GM and, and assistant GM, there haven't been a lot of changes to the, the scouting staff. Um, they talked about, you know, um, whether they have specific needs in the draft, if, they, if they're going to draft for need or if they're going to draft best player available. Uh, and Chuck Fletcher said that certainly at number 11, the first round pick, it would be best player available. Uh, although it, mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting too, that he kind of just threw it out there 
um, you know, we we've let it be known that uh, we would cons- we would be open to trading that first round pick as well, uh, mm-hmm. as long as it's a young player that would help us this year and then uh, this com- upcoming coming year and and going forward. Um, but then he said after uh, you know after first round maybe maybe we look at position uh, and they talked about. Um, all the defense, all the success they had in drafting defense and how those guys are graduating now. And there might be a need in the organization to um, focus on defense and, and bring in some uh, young prospects. Um, so I thought all of that was interested. And, and as far as, you know, he said something about uh, everybody wants big players, wants fast players, wants skilled players, uh, but we need to focus uh, on on hockey sense and work ethic and the kind of things that Trevor Timmons has been talking. Trevor Timmons talking about character. Uh, mm-hmm. Trevor Timmons with Montreal. Those 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 aspects that uh, are becoming more and more important for uh, for teams. Well, and it's interesting that you mentioned Trevor Timmons there because this is now the second time in as many weeks as we've been able to talk about. Um, statements that Chuck Fletcher has made publicly to the press regarding uh, strategy for the offseason, goals for the offseason, strategy for the draft, um, and and really are giving the media and fans a crystal clear picture of what the organization's goals are and how they plan to go about doing it without necessarily tipping their hands um, to to the rest of the league as to what their actual strategy is going to be. And on the flip side of that, it's crickets out of Montreal aside from the, the little things that you're gleaning from Trevor Timmons at the scouting combine. Yeah, certainly. And, um, and, and, and just having, you know, a, 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 a historical kind of knowledge about Trevor Timmons and, and what he likes and, and, and where he's picked and, and he was Shane Churla um, and, mm-hmm. and what there, but, but you're right. There's, there's far less openness uh, in this first year of the new transparency under uh, Mark Bergevin and, and Jeff Molson. That's right. That was supposed to be a key thing this year, right? More transparency. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, uh, draft is, we're going to talk about the draft a little bit in our third segment today, um, but it is, it is less than two weeks away, believe it or not. So, Plenty of draft to get draft talk to get geared up for, and it sounds like the Flyers have a have a good plan as to what they want to do uh, heading into things uh, in Vancouver next weekend. What we are planning to do right now is take one quick little break, and on the other side, we're going to come back for segment two, where we go around the AHL and we talk about the hardworking team that are the official. Calder Cup champions for the 2018-19 season. Who will it be? We'll talk about it on the other side of this break. Don't go anywhere. For all the latest news, interviews, analysis, and commentary about the Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and every other team in the American Hockey League, as well as information on prospects, junior hockey, and international hockey, head over to AHL.Report, the home of the AHL Report. Follow along on Twitter at the AHL Report for live game updates, ringside photography, game recaps, and articles containing exclusive audio and video of your favorite players. That's the AHL Report, proud partner of Rocket Sports Media, AHL.Report. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at Rocketsportsmedia.com. And we are back here on From the Press Box at the AHL Report. I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined, of course, by my co-host, Rick Stevens. And don't forget, you can hit us up on Twitter any time of the week, not just on show day. Uh, If you have a question, a comment, some feedback, or you just want to talk about hockey at any level, prospects, games, you name it, uh, you can find us on Twitter at the AHL Report. Of course, you also want to head over to our website, which is ahl.report. That's 
ahl.report and uh, there you'll be able to uh, watch some of our exclusive videos and go back and listen to previous episodes of the podcast uh, of course as well as uh, our, my my colleague Chris G has had uh, a continuation of his notepad with with uh, all throughout the summer with thoughts on signings and how things are going so articles uh, appearing all the time over there at ahl.report so don't miss out on it Rick, the day finally came. All year, as we know, 31 teams around the AHL were vying for the Calder Cup, uh, and it came down to a series which um, was a combination of the team that led the league for the entire season and a team that is always very strong and one that you had uh, kind of earmarked uh, and bookmarked right at the beginning of the season as one to watch. Uh, and so it, it proved to be um, a hard-fought series, but in the end, it was the Charlotte Shakers leading the league all year long and come out as champions at the end of it. What a, what a, what a ride for, for the Charlotte Checkers. Uh, a, a great season for the, the Char- Charlotte Checkers, and, and it uh, ended appropriately so with them uh, lifting the Calder Cup. They had... A hundred and ten point season. Um, they, they had a seven twenty four win percentage um, throughout the regular season. Fifty one um, uh, wins, um, and that seven twenty four win percentage during the season was upped um, in the playoffs. They had a seven eighty nine win percentage in the playoffs. Mm. Uh, they went fifteen and four um, in the playoffs. Those. Wow. Uh, and um, eight straight wins, uh, um, eight, eight and eight wins, and and in their last ten games, uh, those those two losses, both in overtime, um, they were they were um, just a powerhouse, and um, and a, a really nice combination of being able to put the puck in the net. They were they had that uh, relentless uh, pursuit game that they played all over the ice. They could uh, they could score um, uh, mostly off turnovers, um, uh, but they had excellent defense, um, just giving up uh, just over two goals a game. Um, excellent defense, excellent goaltending. Um, it was uh, what a, what a great run and uh, and some 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 great people that were able to uh, uh, lift the cup this season. For sure. Um, and this is the Checkers' first Calder Cup victory um, since 1991. Uh, this, I, I mean, this was a long time coming for them. Um, Andrew Podorowski, who is, who is one who you always make mention of anytime we've uh, watched the Checkers play, um, he won the Jack A. Butterfield Trophy as the most valuable player for the 2019 Calder Cup playoffs. And, uh, you know, he really he really is deserving of that honor. Um, this is his third year pro, and he had, in 18 postseason games, he had 12 goals for a total, with a total of 23 points and a plus 15 rating in that time, Rick. Uh, and he was one, as I say, you, you, you always – pinpointed him as, as a guy to watch uh, on the Charlotte checkers anytime he was on the ice and uh, certainly well-deserving of, of those honors. Like the way he plays right from, um, you know, the very first time we saw him and, and uh, yeah, he, he led the, uh, the playoffs in, in scoring. Um, you know, on the other side, you had uh, Alex Nedeljkovic who mm-hmm. um, was very strong, a, a 10 and four record, um, in the playoffs, um, and uh, in those back-to-back games, and when uh, Nadelkovic needed a, a rest, then you had uh, our old friend Dustin Tokarski come in, and um, and put up stellar numbers, losses, uh, and uh, he contributed um, as well. And then you go down the the lineup, and and uh, for the the checkers, and you see. Um, Guys that are, uh, you know, the the the, the defense uh, really carried um, uh, the uh, the checkers, and they have, you know, lots of of uh, Trevor Carrick. They have 
Mm-hmm. Um, Hayden Flurry, Jake Bean played very well. Um, yeah. But um, a guy who, who played every single game of the playoffs uh, was Josiah Didier. Uh, Josiah Didier had a, uh, maybe not, uh, um, was, was drafted by the Montreal Canadiens and, and uh, um, was kind of in and out of the lineup, had a tough time. But once he got to Charlotte, he's, he's been a, a pillar on their blue line. Mm-hmm. Um, just for assists, but it it was it's his defensive play that uh, um, you know set him apart and um, and had uh, he had a a great playoff run and it was good to see him being able to uh, to raise the cup. Absolutely, and another familiar name as well um, in the management area for Charlotte, uh, someone who. Montreal fans would be familiar with who also in a very short time, uh, Rick Dudley um, being able to uh, proudly see uh, his, his AHL franchise lift a cup as well. Well, I mentioned before, um, you know, on uh, at either end with, with uh, the Chicago Wolves, you have uh, Vaughn Carpen who put uh, that team together, former, um, uh, Montreal Canadian uh, brass and, and uh, now with the Vegas Golden Knights. And uh, then you have Rick Dudley, uh, the senior VP of hockey ops for uh, the Carolina Hurricanes and uh, played a big role in putting this Charlotte Checkers team together. And, and it reminded me, um, you know, I'm, 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 I'm very happy for Rick Dudley, mm-hmm. um, who's uh, an extraordinarily talented uh, hockey man has a great eye, a brilliant scout, um, very smart. Um, and, uh, you know, he wasn't, wasn't always uh, listened to um, when he was on the Mark Bergevin uh, team. Um, so he decided that he was going to, um, he was going to move on and, uh, and he did and, and uh, talked to his old pal, Don Waddell, uh, with Carolina and uh, Don brought him aboard. Um, as I said, senior VP of hockey ops, that was May 1st of 2018. And, and two or three days later, I think it was the 4th of May last year. Um, we covering uh, the second round of, of the, the playoffs and which pitted the, the checkers against the Lehigh Valley phantoms and walked into the, um, uh, in the press area, the the team room for for Charlotte, the visitors room, and uh, and there was uh, Rick Dudley and uh, uh, said hello, shook hands, and uh, he looked down at the ice as his team was doing the the, the uh, pregame warm up, and and he said, uh, well, how do you like what I've done with the team so far? <laughs> and it, it was, and he had this little sly grin and this glint in his eye. Um, and, uh, and he looked at me and, and, uh, I just smiled and, and I thought of, I thought of Rick, uh, after, uh, Charlotte won the cup and, and thinking mm-hmm. about his words, how do you like what I've done with the team? And, and Rick, you've done an excellent, excellent job. Uh, and yeah. you were able to put your vision, uh, in place. Uh, you know, he, he's, he's, he's a quirky guy. He's, he's been quoted as saying, you know, a lot of people don't get me. Uh, he's an intense kind of guy, but one of, one of uh, my favorites and our favorites mm-hmm. to sit with and watch a game as he, he, uh, talks out loud, uh, as the play's going on. And, and, and this is, um, you know, he, he th- this kind of, uh, comes full circle cause, cause way back in the eighties, he was, uh, the owner, the coach, the GM of, of the Carolina Thunderbirds in um, the ACHL, the Atlantic Coast Hockey League. And, and now he's back in Carolina and, and uh, they love him there. And as I said, matched up with Don Waddell. Um, and, um, you know, he's, he's a huge reason. Um, and, um, and the, the Checkers fans and uh Hurricane fans should be grateful they have Rick Dudley there and uh, has played a big role in bringing him this Calder Cup. It's an amazing story, uh, and we are we're so pleased for for everyone. And and you know, hats off to the Chicago Wolves as well. Um, 
you know, they lost this series uh, four to one, um, but they they played their hearts out uh, throughout the postseason and throughout the regular season. Uh, it, it was not an easy task for them to get to the final uh, and and uh, certainly nothing for them to hang their head about as well. So uh, but congratulations to the Charlotte Checkers uh, made for a very exciting postseason. Um, and uh, gosh, now we start all over again. <laughs> and the, the the big question for me that I think we should all be worried about is what is Chubby Bear going to do with his day with the Calder Cup? That's scary. Yeah. It, it's I you know I, I'm I'm worried. I'm worried for for North Carolina <laughs> on that day. And, and good for the fans in uh, they filled Bojangles Arena. Um, Throughout the playoffs, you know, yes, there's lots of times that uh, particularly the folks up north of the border here um, kind of, um, you know, cast aspersions about about uh, fans in um, southern markets and um, and and shouldn't because we saw some great fan support for the AHL playoffs, particularly in Carolina. Mm-hmm. And we, we mentioned about San Diego and and other markets that are coming out to support their teams. And, and uh, um, so good on, uh, you know, all of the, the folks in, in the Raleigh area um, and uh, enjoy, enjoy the, this cup win. Absolutely. Um, the next thing we just wanted to briefly touch on, Rick, you know, we've, we've talked plenty about the importance of development and we've, uh, you know, a lot of times, unfortunately, we've talked about how um, it's the strategy in the Montreal Canadiens organization seems to be a bit baffling at times. Um, and that, you know, Trevor Timmons does a wonderful job at drafting uh, and then prospects are either poorly developed or traded away or lost to waivers or, you know, that that transition to the NHL is has never been uh, very good Um and so forth. And we've, and we've talked about that in comparison to, to how the flyers have built depth through development through the Hextall years and drafting and so forth. Um, and have talked about how different, you know, Syracuse, I know was one that you spoke about um, and, and talking about how, um, you know, scouts that you've talked to in the press box have, have noticed how deep Syracuse uh, and, and, and the Tampa Bay lightning have, put a focus on development and, and made sure that they've got strong players of their own coming up through the ranks to fill rosters as they, as they develop. And now it looks like the New York Rangers are about to join, um, join that club and, and, and take a new look at development, uh, particularly for the Hartford Wolfpack um, team, new team president, John Davidson, um, they're looking to hire a head coach for the Wolfpack Um and they, he says, apparently, that they are pouring enormous resources organizational-wide into the development structure of the New York Rangers. And he says, quote, we're putting more of everything into Hartford from A to Z. You want to have a winning culture there. That's to everyone's advantage. You want to bring in high-quality and character vets to establish a template for your kids but the priority is development and you can never emphasize that enough. That's where it starts. That's the focus. That's where it's at. And he goes on to continue it, which I thought was a very strong quote, you know, talking about you need high quality veterans who have good character to, to be the mentors for the young players, but that the priority has to be development first and foremost. Um, But then he goes on to say that it's not just in Hartford where that's going to happen is that they're adding three development coaches. Uh, they're going to have a European development coach. Um, they're going to have a, a development coaches everywhere. And he says, you know, we're going to be a constant presence and not just pop in for a game here and there. He says, quote, we want to build up Ranger bloodlines from the time a player is drafted through his development until he gets to New York. We're putting a lot into this. Um, and wow, that's, you know, again, I, I, I don't know your thoughts on it, but I know we've talked about it enough that, that um, that's refreshing to yet again hear that coming from 
uh, upper management in an NHL organization that understands how important and vital development is throughout the organization and from day one on draft day. Well, it, it was a tough season for the New York Rangers and, and uh, an even tougher season for, for the Hartford Wolfpack. It was, um, dare I say, one of their, the worst seasons in their, their history. Um, they were mm-hmm. last in, in the Atlantic Division um, a day or so after the season ended. Um, the, the head coach, Keith McCambridge, uh, was fired. Um, Keith McCambridge was there for two years, I believe, after coming from the Winnipeg Jets uh, organization. And, and uh, the, you know, there, the talk was, or the, the, the talk about what they're looking for uh, is uh, someone who can communicate. And that was certainly, uh, we've, we've heard issues uh, um, about, uh, about that with, with uh, Keith McCambridge. So um, they're going to need someone who's able to um, communicate well, but is going to fit in this, this um, philosophy that John Davidson is putting forward uh, about um, uh, development, development first uh, at the AHL level. And, and, you know, that's not, uh, you think that should be a, a no brainer, but w- we know that, you know, that's certainly not Joel Bouchard's philosophy. He, he said it Mm-mm. a number of times. He, he said it quite clearly that, that his focus is, is winning. And, and John Davidson said, what, you know, we can bring in um, eight AHL vets, uh, to help us win, but how does that help our, our organization? Um, at right. the AHL is a development league, and and we need to put our resources there. And and yes, talked about in addition to the coaching staff in Hartford, um, there's going to be uh, development coaches uh, in Europe and 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 throughout North America. Um, and and talked about, you know, those are the in, in this. Uh, general managers complain about the, the salary cap age and that they're restricted somewhat. Well, these are, um, are uncapped resources. These are, these are areas where we're talking about uh, coaching staff. We're talking about development uh, coaches. These are, you, there's an unlimited amount of, 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 of money that can be spent. And, and certainly the Rangers uh, are one of those teams who can spend um, and and they're they're ma- taking full advantage uh, of that uh, to add the people that they need to ensure that that there is uh, this this uh, pipeline. And um, we've seen other organizations do it. We talk about this pipeline where where the organization is involved uh, at every level: ECHL, AHL, uh, NHL. Um, following along from the, the major league baseball, double uh, a and triple a uh, models. And, and it seems that um, that's what the Rangers are going to do. And they're going to extend it, um, you know, t- to the AHL and, and, and beyond. So um, it's going to be an interesting, it's going to be interesting season for our, our beat reporter friend, um, Jerry Cantlin, um, who uh, does a fine job covering Hartford and, and, uh, uh, hopefully they're going to have a lot more to be excited about uh, with the Wolfpack than, uh, than this past season. Absolutely. And, and, and I like how um, I, I do like how he kind of wrapped things up and, and acknowledged, keep in mind doing it this way means you have to be patient. He says, you know, quote, you can't shortcut this. There's no magic potion, no silver bullet. Um, And he says, it's not going to be easy, but for our fans, enjoy the ride. Enjoy watching the kids grow. We're doing this the right way. Um, And that's, that's where, you know, yes, uh, the professional sports teams need to need winning means more fans, more fans mean more revenue, ticket sales, concessions, merchandise, all of those kinds of things. So I understand there's a bottom line, but at the same time, uh, if you cut corners and sacrifice development to win now, then you get yourself into a place where, where frankly, Montreal is, is teetering on, on the, on the edges of, uh, at least in, in their, on the AHL side where, where development is the depth is just not there. Um, And so 
be patient. And I like how he says, enjoy watching the kids grow. And that's part of the fun of, of, you know, team fans who really get behind their local ECHL and AHL teams. It's, it's rewarding to watch young players grow and develop and then move on and succeed. Um, It's really fun to watch that. And so uh, good luck to the Rangers as they kind of uh, restructure things and, and hopefully they'll have a, the beginnings of a, of a good turnaround for them. And yes, that's hard to say as a Flyers fan, but I said it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Lastly, in this segment, Rick, you know, we talk, as as I just said, yes, hockey is a business uh, and it's all about the bottom line. It's all about, um, you know, expense reports and revenue and and things like that. But at the same time, there are every every single AHL team does its part to give back to the community, and at the end of every uh, season, the American Hockey League kind of pulls together all of the numbers from all of the teams um, of how much each individual club was able to financially contribute to charitable causes and relief funds all across North America, uh, and this year. That number, that total number for the league, rang in at six million dollars this year. Six wow. million dollars. Um, there were more than thirteen hundred player and coach visits to schools, hospitals, libraries, and other locales. More than twenty-seven hundred mascot appearances. More than two hundred thousand game tickets donated to local charitable groups. Um, there were various drives for, you know, food drives, coat drives, holiday gift drives, hockey equipment drives, um, you know, and, and sometimes it's local organizations that benefit. Sometimes it's, it's, you know, national, international known, uh, you know, the Salvation Army, the Special Olympics, the United Way, uh, the Boys and Girls Club, Easter Seals, the American Heart Association, the American Cancer Society, or the Canadian Cancer Society, uh, the Canadian Red Cross, the American Red Cross. I mean, it, it's really it's really incredible to see not only the support that teams and their fans um, have for their communities, um, but how much fans and the teams give back as well. And it's it's nice that the that the AHL makes sure to uh, to honor that and to to let everyone know exactly how much good all of their teams did uh, throughout this year. And I'll just add to that, that it's, it's not only important for um, the teams to uh, uh, give back to their communities, um, we, we carry that as well. It's not something mm-hmm. we talk about a lot, but Rocket Sports uh, involves itself, and, and we've, we've actually got a program called Rocket Power, uh, where we uh, use our platform um, to, to raise funds and, and uh, um, it's, it's again, it's, it's not something we talk about a lot, but we've been involved, uh, with hockey fights cancer. We've involved, been involved with, uh, autism speaks and every year we're involved with, um, the Movember campaign and, and, uh, mm-hmm. our staff, uh, have a lot of fun, but also do a lot to raise, uh, a considerable amount of money for, uh, for the Mo- Movember foundation. And, and, um, it, it's something to, um, I'm, 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 I'm not saying that we're patting ourselves on the back here, but it's something we're very proud of and very proud to yes. be involved in. Absolutely. Um, and in fact, we're about to take a quick break. And during this break, you're going to hear a little bit about Rocket Power and, and those kinds of initiatives. So make sure you listen for that. And when we come back from this short break, we'll talk about the winners. We've got more winners to talk about, the Kelly Cup winners, uh, and a little bit about where you can go to get all of the best updates about the draft as it happens uh, live from Vancouver. So don't go anywhere. We will be back right on the other side of this brief message. Be sure to follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at The AHL Report. Check out our original game photography on Instagram at AHL Report. And watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel at All Habs. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all American Hockey League news. 
From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. Welcome back to From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report. Again, it's your host, Amy Johnson, here along with my fabulous co-host, Mr. Rick Stevens. And again, just a reminder that you can find us on Twitter if you've ever got a question, a comment, if you want to talk about hockey, uh, find us on Twitter at the AHL Report. And you can also find us online. Visit the website ahl.report. It's the best place to go for all of our wonderful, exclusive, original content right there at ahl.report. Well, I feel like this is like the episode of winners, Rick. Um, We got to uh, congratulate and pat on the back the Charlotte Checkers in the last segment for winning the Calder Cup. But boy, oh boy, do we have just a really special, special championship win uh, to talk about in this segment. And that is the winners of this year's Kelly Cup, the ECHL championship, won by none other than the inaugural season team of the Newfoundland Growlers. What a season, what a ride, and what a way to end it off. And I guess if there is a theme for this episode, it's it's um, our joy in seeing good people uh, rewarded for their efforts. And, and That's true. Um, you know, there's some really good people uh, uh, on this, this Newfoundland Growlers team and affiliated with this Newfoundland Growlers team, and it's nice to see them uh, have the opportunity to celebrate uh, the Kelly Cup. Um, and um, we talked about it a bit on the Canadians Connection podcast last um, Saturday, and, and uh, my co-host Joe Whalen is located in St. John's, and, and so he was able to give us kind of a, a behind-the-scenes look at uh, uh, the, the city of St. John's and their fans and, and great, a great, great hockey town. And we know that uh, from when the uh, St. John's Ice Caps um, were the affiliate um, for the, uh, the Montreal Canadiens prior to that, the Winnipeg Jets prior to that, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs, and, and now the, 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 uh, the Growlers, the ECHL affiliate of, of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, and, uh, the, the fans, the fans turned out in droves, uh, yeah, they you know, did. there was a time when they didn't know whether they would be getting, uh, pro hockey back in St. John's, uh, mm-hmm. there's the, the St. John's edge, the basketball team that filled in for a bit, uh, and then, um, um, Glenn Stanford and Dean McDonald and, and that group uh, was able to secure an expansion ECHL franchise. And in their very first year, as you said, um, they, um, they did the unexpected and, and, uh, and won the Kelly cup and, and um, you know, Jay O'Brien was the MVP of the playoffs. He's a, a local St. G- a Newfoundland native. Um, you have uh, the very first coach of the Newfoundland growlers was Ryan Klo and, and uh, uh, native uh, native of St. John's, and he had some um, some medical issues, and and turned it over to John Snowden. Um, but mm-hmm. just the 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 momentum rolled, and and they were a great regular season team, and they just rolled through the playoffs, and uh, were able to defeat the, the Toledo Walleye, the the uh, affiliate of the Detroit Red Wings, uh, four games to two to win the uh, Kelly Cup. It's just an amazing run for them. Um, you know, kind of the, some, some folks were, were hearkening, kind of likening it to uh, the, the run that Vegas went on last year uh, in their inaugural season in the NHL and, and making it all the way uh, to the end. But 
Newfoundland Black and did. Gold, right? Well, yes, there you go. Same same color scheme and everything. Um, Newfoundland did what Las Vegas could not, and uh, wow, just just incredible. The the city was without a hockey team for one year after the light, Ice Caps left. They were without a hockey team uh, last season, and uh, the Newfoundland Growlers come about this year and the city gets to celebrate. In fact, I, in, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure the party on George street is still happening. Um, <laughs> we, we might need to go check on Joe Whalen and a few of our other friends there. Um, you know, and, and you talk about people that we're happy for um, in the broadcast booth in particular. Um Brian Rogers, who was the voice of the St. John's Ice Caps uh, for years and was the voice of the St. John's Ice Caps while they were the Montreal Canadiens affiliate, uh, a dear friend and colleague of ours um, who is now the color uh, analyst for the Newfoundland Growlers, um, just could not be happy. And, and of course, uh, Chris Ballard, who who was the play-by-play um, for the Hamilton Bulldogs, um, Brampton Beast. Uh, sorry, the Brampton Beast. Yes, uh, for the mm-hmm. for the Brampton Beast, um, who has now gone back to St. John's. He's uh, he is the play by play. So it's not even just the guys on the ice and behind the bench. Uh, you know, we're really happy organization wide, uh, and and just couldn't be happier for Brian Rogers. Uh, I I would have <laughs> I would have given anything to have been a fly on the wall in the broadcast booth to see how excited he got. Uh, on that final night. Very happy, very happy for, for all of St. John's and, and particularly for the people that you mentioned. And they were able to uh, hoist the Kelly cup 4.0. As I understand, Uh, (laughs) there's, there's, there's a couple of Kelly cups in the hockey hall of fame. There's one still missing in, um, in Denver uh, or mm-hmm. Colorado anyways, uh, attached with the, the Colorado Eagles. And, and you heard us talk about that story um, last week. And, uh, but <laughs> I, I'm sure Kelly cup 4.0 was just as sweet to, to hoist for the folks in St. John's. Absolutely. Congratulations to them. Uh, coming up next weekend, however, you know, so that's, as, as we said, Calder cup awarded. Kelly Cup awarded. Tomorrow night, the Stanley Cup is going to be lifted. We're hoping by the, not the Bruins, but <laughs> we'll just, we won't say that very loud. Um, and then the 2018-19 professional hockey season here in North America will officially be over and next season officially begins. Uh, and it doesn't take long. Um, just a week and a half from now, we'll all be gathering in Vancouver, BC, for the 2019 NHL entry draft. We've got uh, contest winners uh, through Rocket Sports Media who are who are coming uh, from all over North America, both from the states and from from uh, all reaches of Canada, to join us uh, for our very special fan event. So, of course, we'll have uh, plenty of updates as far as that goes. But, Rick, uh, you know, it's an exciting time for prospects and teams as they start. You know, it's kind of like blank canvas, rip off a fresh page in the notebook. Okay, we're starting from square one again. Uh, The draft is such an exciting time, um, especially for the prospects and their families. But even but but it can be. You know, for the for the for the average fan, it can be overwhelming. You've got, I mean, everyone and their mother has their 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 you know their mock draft and their draft picks and who's who and names you've never heard of and names you have heard of and leading up to the draft and of course all through the weekend of the draft while we're there in, in Montreal. Um. Rocket Sports Media is really a place that people can rely on to get all of the information they want regarding potential draftees uh, and 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 the kids that are that are that are really the ones to focus on um, and and trades and and draft picks as they happen. Uh, you know, 
Can you can you tell our listeners a little bit about just the, all the kinds of resources that they can currently find on Rocket Sports Media and, and what kind of coverage they can expect next weekend as well? Well, with, with many other sites, um, you know, the, the uh, player gets called up and um, uh, their first game in the NHL. And the question from fans is, who's this? Who, who's mm-hmm. this? Where did he come from? What's, <laughs> what's his background? And, um, you know, the, 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 the hockey DB cha- page is checked and, and that's as far as it goes. We, we want you, we want you'd be more prepared than that. That's why we, we, um, uh, follow, uh, players, uh, right from junior and college hockey, uh, and provide you with information about them. We, we provide you with, uh, information coming up to the draft and, and, um, you know, we're, we're certainly doing that right now. Our, our draft specialists, um, in Matt Smith and Blaine Potvan, uh, have been preparing draft profiles, um, and you can find those at allhabs.net uh, of um, of some of the main uh, uh, the, the main um, uh, first round choices, but but beyond that as well. Um, and you know we're going to be at the draft, uh, so either leading up to the draft or during the draft. Uh, should you have any questions, then um, uh, bring them to our attention. We'll gladly provide you with the information you're looking for. And again, um, you know, we, we're, our focus, uh, and certainly in this uh, uh, podcast, has been the Montreal Canadiens organization, the Philadelphia Flyers organization. But uh, we're happy to uh, engage with fans uh, from from any team, and uh, we'll be doing that. Uh, we're bringing fans, uh, you know, their fans. Uh, from from any of the 31 organizations and and uh, uh, to the draft and and we're we're willing to uh, to chat with you uh, on social media as well to help you um, uh, find your way through all these these new names and and uh, coming from maybe teams that you're not familiar with and and uh, we're happy to sort it all out for you. Absolutely, and and those draft profiles that you mentioned that that Blaine and Matt have been working on, uh, just because they uh, they live at allhabs.net doesn't mean that it's just geared for fans of the Montreal Canadiens. Any fans of any team around the NHL are invited to go and read those draft profiles because, I mean, these guys are up for draft by any team. So, uh, you know, if you want to just get to know the potential, uh, particularly the potential, as you m- mentioned, Rick, the, the first round potential draft picks, if you want to get to know them a little bit better, that's a, allhabs.net is a great place to go to just read up on them and learn a little bit more about who they are, uh, what their hockey career has looked like so far, what their assets are, what their weaknesses can be, um, and, and how they might fit on whatever team it is that you happen to be a fan of. And of course, all throughout draft weekend, while our team is in Vancouver, we'll be updating uh, with, with how things are going at the draft as from a, from, from a drafting standpoint and from a fan standpoint. So you'll want to stay tuned uh, and, and keep it locked on uh, Twitter to at the AHL report, but also at rocket sports. Uh, that is the, the main rocket sports media Twitter account at rocket sports. Um, you'll find uh, some updates uh, happening there throughout the weekend as well. And uh, it's just an exciting time for hockey. It really is. And uh, we're going to have a great time out there in Vancouver next weekend. Things are starting to happen. It's, uh, you know, the, the Stanley cup will be awarded. Uh, the NHL awards will happen. Um, then uh, the, the NHL entry draft uh, development camps, free agency, and uh, we'll um, we'll re- be reporting on all of it. We absolutely will. Don't go anywhere. All throughout the summer, from the press box, we'll be here every week, bringing you all the latest hockey news uh, from around the AHL and beyond, uh, all the way down through junior hockey prospects, the draft, and so much more. Um, and speaking of more, Rick, there's more than just from the press box that hockey fans can listen to on Rocket Sports Radio. Is that correct? Rocket Sports Radio is comprised of uh, four podcasts. Uh, we have Hab a Listen. We have Habs Unfiltered. Canadians Connection is our live podcast uh, every Saturday at uh, 1 Eastern. 
um, and of course uh, this podcast so focused on the AHL and uh, prospects and that's from the press box. Wonderful. And you'll want to just uh, go to your favorite podcast platform um, and just type in Rocket Sports Radio and you'll find them all. Um, lots of original content from lots of different perspectives around our Rocket Sports media team. So uh, it's uh, something fun to listen to and, and informative to listen to uh, on all occasions. And with that, I think that wraps it up for today as we head into... Stanley Cup Championship Eve. I guess that's what today is. <laughs> and uh, we'll have the results of that, of course, next week. And we'll be really gearing up for the draft, as we'll be just a few days away when we're back here next Tuesday. Um, Rick, this was a great episode. Thanks for all of your uh, insight and for being here. Glad to be here. And uh, we'll see you next week as we get ready for the draft. Absolutely. Enjoy your week, folks. Enjoy the rest of the Stanley Cup final, and we'll see you back here next Tuesday on From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report. And keep on.